T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Okay, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. And I've been listening to 610 since back in the 80s. This is the best combination for afternoon drive time sports radio I've ever heard. Show, Clint, you guys got it going on, man. I really appreciate your show. Best hair at the station, this entire show right here. React to that. Clint, you can put your toes up in the river, my man, and pop that cord light. I love beer. Hey, gentlemen. A show and a Clinton show. I love the show. You guys are great. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Somebody out there listening right Ooh, now. Yeah. yeah, don't do that. Is that Mike Hot Top? I'm going to kick your ass, Tyler. I'll tell you <laughs> Whoa, what? what? talking all that, man. What's up? How y'all doing, man? <laughs> Sports Radio 610 presents... The Drive with Sterner and Q-Blade. Ah, The Drive is live and in color. A lot of fun to be had today. A lot to get to. Uh, as, uh, well, Clint Sterner is out today. Uh, he'll be back with us tomorrow in his place. You know him. Brandon Scott. You can catch his work. SportsRadio610.com. He's covering it all. You catch him every week. On In the Loop. When does when that hit? Yeah, that's on Thursdays. Thursdays. Every Thursday at 11. Every so I uh, did, did Friday last week because I was doing a little that's Mardi right. Gras. But uh, but most weeks, yeah, that's Thursday at 11. That's right. And Tyler, he's out. You know he's uh, him and his uh, his uh, injured nipples are out in Cabo. Jake is in the building holding it down. And uh, we're going to have a fun time today. And I'm telling you, as somebody in this city uh, once loved now said, Ain't going to take my joy, baby. <laughs> you ain't going to let them bring you down. Ain't going to take my joy because, baby, today is March 1st. <laughs> it is March 1st, baby. My all-time favorite sports month of the year. Oh, there it is. Don't mess with me. Oh, I'm telling you, when I hear that music, I hear that. Like, Jake, I appreciate it. It does something Brandon, to you. when I hear that music, I'm ready to go. I am, I am ready to go. This next month, my wife's going to hate it. For the most part, because I am locked in, baby. Championship week is starting. We can see the little schools try to get into the tournament, play their hearts out, buzzer beaters, and then the tournaments come, and it's Election Sunday. Oh, my God. So, so My like, favorite sports so month of the year. I, I know some of you all going to crush me. I know some of you all don't, don't agree. That's fine. For me, March is my favorite. It is the one I look forward to the most all year. It's my favorite book. How much would you say your work output, like in terms of at the house? Because I know you do a really good job of, you know, being a good husband and father and holding it down and all of that throughout the year. But around this time when March hit, 
do you take a production hit in like your you know availability and, and your level of output in production when, when march hit because it's it's around that's the one thing about march madness is that it's a game on it pretty much every time slot pretty at every block a, especially much. that first weekend that you like some of our most some of our biggest fights have happened in this month <laughs> I bet. Me and Courtney. Some I can. I can imagine. Fight. I won't. Not. And, and, but now she's eleven years into this thing in marriage. Yeah, Probably she, Rocky. The first yeah, couple. Of, first couple of years dating. Like, is this something that I'm really into? But I'm. T- God, this music man just gets me going. Even though I hate Jim Nance's guts, it's but, the only time that I can be all right. Him you, being the you voice didn't, of it. You didn't always. I did not always. But now, what Jim has made it personal with me, it is personal. For me too, I wouldn't mind seeing you. I don't. I'm telling you right now. Next time, we can have a real one-on-one conversation. But he, he's the voice. I still love it. Yeah, but he—he's not going to be calling the games, though, right? He's just going to come out and give out the tie or whatever it no, is. No, he calls the games. He no, calls all the big ones. Is this not? I thought this was going to be no, somebody Jim. else calling this year. No, it's Jim. Jim okay. is still. Jim is still the Jim's one last year. He's okay. got one more year. Then, I, then uh, I think, uh, 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 God, what's his name? Uh, God, his son is a, a broadcaster now, too. Oh, Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle, yeah. Iron go. Eagle's yeah, going to yeah. take over. This is Jim's last year. Thank, thank God. Yeah, all right. Uh, but, uh, nah, man, that. I'm telling you. I know some people like October. Some people like the, the month of the Super Bowl. I'm telling you, the first day of the NCAA tournament yeah. is my favorite day of sports. Yeah. Bigger than the Super Bowl, bigger than anything. It's my favorite day in sports. Yeah, I think this year, though, is a year for at least people in Houston to get into it more than they ever have. Because the Final Four is in Houston, so independent of whoever you root for, you got a big event coming to the city, and then run like, hey, show's team, show's team, the Kansas Jayhawks, U of H, both top three, top two, you know. Both are going to be number one seeds. Number one seeds, two teams that have Final Four aspirations. So it should be an interesting time, especially on this show, as you being a Kansas guy, and I think the bulk of our – Listeners either being U of H fans or being some some fan of a Big 12 team, and almost all of the Big 12 teams are in the mix. Text line coming in, trailer will and frame text line. March Madness is the second best time of the year behind football. That's fine. I can hear you. Yeah. Listen, I, I, listen, to each his own. I'm not going to fight you over it, all right? I know that I'm probably in the minority, but, like, I, I mean, I'm a, I woke up today with a gleam, baby. Yeah, no, if you poll most places about college basketball, like, it's not – resonating the way it used to and, and there's probably a number of reasons for that but like in terms of just a moment and college basketball owns this moment owns this time of year you can say whatever you want about regular season college basketball not being as much into the conference tournaments with realignment and all of that different type of stuff but once March Madness actually gets here oh, it's a time to be alive it's oh. a time I was telling you earlier like man one of my best earlier sports memories uh, I wouldn't say earliest sports memories. When I really got into the tournament was that 2000 Michigan State team with Mo Pete and Mo, uh, Maurice Peterson and and, and my boy uh, uh, Mateen Cleves on it. Yeah. Oh, Man, yeah. like that was that was my early time of really like falling in love with college basketball, and it kind of just went on after that. So and then Duke had Duke had a couple of really good teams after that. So yeah, man, I've been into it for a while. March Madness, I I will be one of those. That's flipping to True TV. Oh like, my god! Like, when I see that I, thing lighting up, I'm not the guy who doesn't know where to find True TV because I have to do it every year. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm as crazy as I am from my sophomore year of, of high school. Yeah, you used to record them. Yeah, I used to. I used to use 18 tapes and I record them all the way through. Get home, change the tapes. Used to record them all the way through because yeah. that was before you could get all the different channels. They would come in. 
on CBS. Here comes Greg Greg Gumble in that rug he has. Yeah. And he come through and say, Oh, here we go. This game is coming down to the wire. And they switch over. I've got that. I'm in school recording that bad boy. Yeah, I was yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. Imagine trying to explain that to little show uh, recording using tape. Kind of like me and my granddad used to write down. We would watch the NBA draft together every year, and we would just we would literally rec- like write down the picks on on a on a sheet of paper, just to follow it and, and then store it away because that's how you kept information back then. You'd write it down on a piece of paper. Seven one three. Meh. March Madness has always been meh to me, but U of H being great, I might pay attention. <sighs> to me, it's the start of baseball. So happy. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. We'd be a difference. Meh. March. Meh. But but isn't it oh not that, that all of all of the sports of consequence or the moments of consequence should be the ones that matter the most? And so like right now in March, nothing else like the baseball games in March do not matter. The NBA games do not matter yet. The NFL is just getting to the draft and the combine section of its schedule. This is the time of you like like, like I said earlier. College basketball owns this moment. Yeah. It is their time of year. And so if you are into basketball, if you are into college basketball, this is a time for you. March is the only uh, month where college basketball is relevant. Facts. Sure. But it's here. Okay. So And, to, and today be March 1st. Now, not for me. I've been watching. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching college basketball since October. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> you, and, you and I have watched some college basketball. Yeah, like we, we watch college basketball. But even if you don't, listen to, listen to if, the – Yeah, that's right. Even if you don't like, – Listen I to would, the sound of our voice. I would bet – I would bet – like around this time in Selection Sunday, when the brackets come out, you could argue. I bet behind the Super Bowl, like this is the most time casual sports fans come out. Yeah, like behind, like the Super Bowl, you got Super Bowl parties, people are coming out and they talk. About, but the brackets, filling out the brackets, yeah. everybody, like who who wouldn't? Everybody's wife, everybody's uh, family member or coworker who's not really interested in sports is filling it out. Yeah, and it also feels like the one sport where you can get into the most on, on a sport that you know the least about. So, like, the people that's filling out those brackets, yes. they don't be like you and me and been watching college basketball throughout the year. There are people who can't identify who the best college basketball players are, don't know who the best teams are, might not know that the Big 12 is the best college basketball conference. They're just like, hey, what name sounds good? What matchups sound good? They don't know anything about it but are able to get into it. So, like, college basketball has that draw of it can bring in the casual fan, somebody that's not even paying attention to it, can pay attention to it, no. pay attention to it just for this, you know, 30-to-35-day 30, 30 little stretch. My, my daughter, four last year, she was rolling through the second weekend leading our entire, uh, our, our entire family friend's bracket because she had St. Peter's in the Final Four. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow she, she picked that. But that was random. Like she Very had, random. she had not scouted St. Peter's. No, she, not, she didn't know a single. Yeah, person on no, that yeah, no. She wasn't up she on did, that. She did. But I, I don't think it's a coincidence though that you are from a place geographically where Kansas rules, and you grew up a Kansas Jayhawks fan. Yeah, back you know what I mean. Basketball's bigger there. Yeah, yeah, like if you were from Durham, North Carolina, no. you might be inclined to be the same way. So yeah, no, I think that's a part of it. But to me, again, this is a good year for people like that who are from your part of the country, and even if you're. Like not in the college basketball, or if you're in Houston, it's a good time for all that to come together because the Final Four, Final is, Final here, Four is here and U of H is relevant. Oh, I'm there. I'm there. I can't wait. I, I can't hope wait. my team is there too. Yeah, I'm in that there thing. I've been, I've been to every NCAA tournament Final Four promotional event that they've had out there, See, and not just there. and not just because they told me to go, but because I wanted to be a part of it. All right, uh, a lot happening today, Sean Pendergast. He'll be live from West Palm Beach. He'll talk to us later on about 4:40. So stay tuned. 
for that. Um, but uh, we do got to get to D'Amico Ryans. He spoke for the first time today. And I'm going to tell you, a big takeaway to me, uh, Brandon, and I think we talked about it yesterday a bit because we heard it from Nick, is like you got to love this as a Texans fan that it feels really genuine. And now Nick was saying it yesterday, and now today D'Amico is saying it, that these two, oh, like I don't think they, it don't feel like they faking it, but they are really cognizant of letting us know, and and, that, and and I'm sure it's just real. But the connection, the same page, in lockstep, whatever you want to call it, that's what you want from your GM and your coach to be together. Your your owner, your GM, your coach, the great, most of the great organizations run that way, where they're all in line together and they're saying the same things, um, and it and it. And to me, as a Texans fan, you got to be excited because you can hear D'Amico saying it today repeatedly, how great it's been with Nick. We've hit the ground running. We've been working together. That's, to me, the last two days, the overall, especially in a real positive way, because it has not always been the case here, Yeah, as you know. That's, to me, the big thing that jumps out. Yeah, and for me, the big thing about that is that it doesn't feel forced. Like, it seems fairly natural and genuine. And then on top of that, I think the reason why it's so important is because of the recent history, like what you were just mentioning there at the end, is that it hasn't been like that. And more more so recently, like the last couple of head coaches that they had, hard to say that they were either in lockstep or that they even should be like because, you know, you had your questions about like those hires to begin with. You don't have the same questions with D'Amico Ryans. And then even before that, the guy that was in charge was Bill O'Brien, known for being involved in power struggles. And so you don't get that sense here. There's got to be there's internally that worry here, I think, because that's been the case over the last several years or so. So naturally, you're going to have those questions about, OK, how's this guy going to work with the next guy when this guy was around before? And now this guy is is here now. But like to me, it hasn't been an issue at all. There's no reason to really think that it would be in the very beginning. I know Nick Casario said something yesterday about the honeymoon phase being over with. But let's be honest, man. We're still in the honeymoon phase. This is Absolutely. The, this is the first year of them working together. This is the first year of them, like, figuring out how much they like it, what they like about it, and what they don't. And let's just face it, D'Amico's honeymoon phase is going to last long. Yeah, and I said that at the beginning. Like, D'Amico's going to be the one to outlast the next moment of calamity, the next time that something is bad and some drastic change needs to be made. It ain't going to be D'Amico Ryans. I think Nick Casario understands that, but also has a, a really good sense for the opportunity that he has. Now having a head coach that is deserving of the job, that belongs in the seat, and now if either of them, or and certainly hopefully both of them, are worth their salt, this thing will hit the ground running at some point. Can I, can I say something that jumped out to me? If was you it? missed it, he was on uh, at promptly about 12.01. Pretty yeah. good time, 12.01, on with uh, In the Loop, go back to the Odyssey uh, app you can find that in the 12 o'clock uh, at the 12 o'clock time that's hour two there you can hour three excuse me you can find that uh, there or you can use the rewind feature and find that as well on the odyssey app but uh, we know quarterback is a big thing and we you know i think one thing nick and the and the texans have done is like you really don't know what the hell they're gonna do like yeah. we've heard reports in a lot of different ways from veterans to in the draft to moving up to whatever you don't know what they're going to do he spoke up about a guy he's played, he's coached with, coached under, or or he has coached, been a part of the staff with, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. This just kind of stood out to me. What 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 D'Amico had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo? 
Yeah, in 2017, uh, and it was a, a rough year there. We started, I think, 0-9 that year. And you saw when we acquired Jimmy and towards the end of the year, you saw a quarterback came in and we won five straight games to end the season because you know, we added a very talented guy at the quarterback position. So it just teaches you that when you do have a, a bona fide quarterback, it helps you win games, helps you be successful. Bonafide quarterback, talented, helps, talented you, guy. helps you win games. Helps you win games. We were 0-9. Yeah. And then Jimmy put on his cape. And saved the day. And came in and said, I got you. Them's just the facts, man. That's Listen, all he's telling you. Jim, Jimmy I, came in and saved the day. All I know is. You can't be mad at that. Can't be. But all I know is, I know Nick know him. Nick was a part of drafting him. I know Bobby Slowick worked with him. He was the passing game coordinator. He's been there the last several years with Jimmy. I know D'Amico knows him. Clearly, we just heard the glowing, beautiful things D'Amico had to say about Jimmy. Called him bona fide. Bona fide. Yeah. Listen, even Gerard Johnson knows him. He yeah. was in San Francisco. Gerard knows everybody. But yeah. But, but he but he worked with him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, there's a lot of people who like and have positive things. With Jimmy. Texans don't have but one quarterback, as he mentioned in this today, on the roster. They got to fill it. He even said, yeah, could be in the draft and in free agency. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to scare anybody or make anybody nervous. I've told you to keep this on the table, and now he just made it real. My man said bona fide and yeah. talented. Quarterback changed it. I'm just saying, Brandon. Like Jimmy G is is something he's available. Yeah, he ain't gonna cost a ton. I just I don't think he is. But 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 the other side of that is that Nick Casario was also a part of the New England the New England Patriots staff that decided to trade him away. Now, albeit that's because they had Tom they had Brady, Tom. they had Tom Brady, but they didn't make the decision to move on from Tom Brady to go to Jimmy to Jimmy Garoppolo, they decided to get rid of him and then well, Robert Kraft wasn't going to allow them. Well, to fine, fine, fine. Let's move on to San <laughs> but then let's move on to San Francisco. They had him. D'Amico Ryan's, Bobby Slowick, they were there. He just told you about the experience, right? How he put the cape on and came in there and saved the day. And then what did they do? Trade the whole farm to go get a dude that was playing at North Dakota State. North Dakota State, Trey Lance, like Trey Lance wasn't some blue chip prospect. He wasn't Justin Fields. They didn't go up to go get some proven commodity. They traded up to go get a dude at the FCS yeah, to, re- to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. That 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 and, yeah. and that happened, but that happened though. Yeah, they're in a different situation. Yeah, I, well, I, I just, I, well, and, but I, the situation they're in is with the number two overall pick. Yes, they so, have the number two overall know. pick. But I also believe that Nick Casario, especially in his mind, is I got to win some games. I got to come off of this number three. Yeah. I got to come off this four. I got to win some games. We heard him in that. I I haven't forgotten how he sounded in that press conference. We got to win some games. So I'm just saying there's a lot of people in that building that know him and just had real glowing things from your head coach. There is that is something to keep an eye on, something to keep an eye on the very talented and bona fide Jimmy Garoppolo. I ain't saying D'Amico. Yeah, that was the head coach. Coming up, we got to get into this. Jalen Carter. The uh, most people I know, uh, I know uh, our guy, uh, our guy uh, John Harris has him as his number one guy in the Harris one hundred. A lot of people stop prospect is in some potential trouble. The question is now, we'll let you know that trouble 
And is he off your draft board? We'll discuss that coming up next on The Drive. Sports Radio 610 presents Clint Sterner and the show. Ah, the drive is back. Clint Sterner is out. He'll be back tomorrow. Tyler is in Cabo uh, letting it rip, uh, mm-hmm. having a good time. He said his nipples are okay. He sent me a photo of him with a nice mimosa and a Bloody Mary, him and his him and his lady. So, uh, Was that Tyler over-preparing the, the issue with the nipples? Because I feel like I feel like he could have just went with the hairy nipples and been just fine. He already yeah, got his just, wife bagged up. Yeah, so no, like what? You, what, what he's you, got, he's got hair all over. I mean, it's Steve Carell, forty year old version. Yikes! So he went and just dared it, tried to go near it okay. because he wanted to do a quick fix uh, instead of just using them uh, the, them uh, them Ka- Kawhi Leonard's and Paul George's instead of just using them Clippers. Yeah, just get on them Clippers. And he and he went and he went there. But he ran it across his nipples too, just because they hairy. So he just went, let me grab it off. Oh man! And then that food came in yesterday. I with, cannot relate. And that food came relate. in yesterday with band aids on his band aids on both his nipples. Always shave then there. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should have told him. Nah, somebody should have told my they man. Trying to shortcut, or or maybe if you do a little bit more maintenance and upkeep in that in that realm, right? On the on That's the daily. He up here talking about yeah, I do on it. a regular. I'm doing it once. Maintenance a, is important. Once yeah. a month, nah, man. Not the way that thing's growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what it's like when the grass has grown too high and you got to you got to cut through them weeds. No, oh, that's what I'm saying. You yeah. got you got to use. It's not fun. Yeah, you ain't just starting with a lawnmower with that boy. You got to weed yeah. some of his. Yeah, so I take that back. That that wasn't over preparing. That was under preparing. Yeah, yeah. you, you need to maintain that on a on a more regular basis. Do that. Do better with that, Tyler. I know you're listening from however many thousand yeah. miles up. So lessons yeah. learned. That's yeah. right. Yes, sir. All right, uh, but yeah, we'll hold it down today, right here on the drive of uh, the big news. And, and as the Texans do have the number two pick, this does pertain to them. Former Georgia star Jalen Carter, uh, one of the top prospects. A lot of people have him as the top prospect uh, in next month's NFL draft, has been charged with reckless driving and racing in connection with the crash that killed a teammate and recruiting staff member. If you remember that, that happened January 15th. Um, and uh, it was a very, very sad situation, but now we're finding out more news about this, and, and the re- report uh, that, that comes about this is <clears throat> the investigation found that the driver of the 2021 Ford Expedition and then Jalen Carter, driver of the 2021 Jeep Trackhawk, were operating their vehicle in a, mar- a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area about 2.30 a.m. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in the opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Evidence indicated that shortly before the crash, the expedition was traveling at about 104 miles per hour. So this this was a, a... a very dangerous situation that obviously resulted uh, in the death of, of two and injuries to others as well in yep. this in this crash. So that it and so basically he has been he is uh, there's a warrant out for his arrest, two mis, misdemeanor charges towards him, and uh, it is saying that the uh, the the punishments for that is an is a thousand dollar fine and um, and community service or a year in jail. Most people have stated that it looks like this would generally come with 
the the uh, the thousand the fine and the uh, community service. Yeah, and he's a he's a regular he's a kid, so he uh, unless there's some information that we don't know about, there's no reason to think that he has like an extensive criminal record. Yeah, no prior that yeah, because that would be out there if he did. And so, considering that, yeah, he would more than likely be able to get out of this with like something like pro- probation or deferred adjudication or whatever is the equivalent in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that's more than likely what his future looks like there in terms of the punishment. I mean, with this, it's it's more of a thing of like, okay, with the with the Texans, if you were thinking about drafting Jalen Carter, like now you do have to ask more questions. Like this isn't a thing where. You just take him off the board just because you've heard of this incident or, or he's got something that was reckless that's in his past. And you're like, OK, yep, he's off the board. But you do have to do a little bit more diligence when you're talking about the number two overall pick. Think about it. You're going from asking the question of when we're talking about quarterbacks. OK, is this the quarterback that's going to lead my franchise? This is going to be the face of my franchise, the leader of my offense. And again, the face of my franchise is my quarterback and everything that that entails that comes with that. Going from asking that question to, all right, well, maybe with a defensive tackle, all of those same public front-facing uh, responsibilities don't necessarily exist, but I'm, I'm making the same calculated risk here at the number two overall pick. I wouldn't pick a quarterback that I feel like is out here you know, r- drag racing or doing whatever it is. Would I want to do the same thing with a defensive tackle? Do, does the risk with the other players that don't necessarily have that background tied to them is it better to to weigh them more heavily? To me, it just it just requires them to ask ask a few more questions. But I don't think this is going to have Jalen Carter like falling out of the top ten of the draft well, that's, picks. See, that's the point that you're making. Is he off your board? That like and 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 it'll be interesting to see because we feel like we are seeing a new Texans, right? Yeah. It feels like this is a different Texans type of deal because I think most of you would think if you would travel back and understand the ownership group here. And understand the front office here. To me, I would think Jalen Carter would be off the board, especially with other guys there. They need a, a pass rusher on the edge, and Will Anderson. They need quarterback. They need a lot of things. Yeah. I could see this being a deal of, in the past, him being off our board. This is not the kind of kind of a, a player, character, person we would want. It does feel like there is a change with the Texans in that, and I wonder what it is. Because for me, for me personally, you you can have your own opinion. You can state on a trailer wheel and frame text line, 713-572-4610. Jalen would not not be off my board. To the point you're making, we got to to have some conversation. We got to talk. I need need to to know about you. I need to dig in more than Kirby Smart. I need to dig in some more because this is a big investment. But he wouldn't be off my board because – what this feels like, and I am not minimizing this whatsoever, whatever punishment Jalen gets, you know, I, he put himself in this position. I, you know, I don't think he's going to do any jail time. We've seen this. I don't think it is. But whatever punishment he gets, all right, he put himself in that position, and he has definitely got to learn from that. And it is so unfortunate that this, this, resulted, this recklessness resulted in the death of someone. Now, if it stands to where it is, this sounds like to me a kid who did something and made an awful, awful mistake. A 21-year-old, a lot of these football players, as you know, Brandon, feel invincible, that made a really, really horrible mistake. And then he lied to the police, which 
another bad decision. But when you think about a kid who feels like, all right, I'm about to be the number one pick in the draft, I think many of you, if you put yourself in a 21-year-old space, could see where he got there. To me, this feels more like a kid who made an awful decision as opposed to a kid that is a problem. Yeah. But see, but see, that's the thing, too, though, in terms of doing your due diligence and trying to figure out what this kid is about. Because to me, that's not going to be good enough of, hey, he just made an awful mistake. What I need to know about him is does he have a pattern of making awful mistakes? Like I was saying in the crosstalk, like having and we've all I feel like at this point in life, you know, if you're over, let's just call it 30 years old, you've been around somebody, somebody in your life who you can think of, think back on who just did not know the difference between a good idea and a bad idea. And even if and when they did, they might still choose the bad idea just because they liked it more. Like, we've all known people like that, and those are the type of people that you cannot invest a number two overall pick in, and really any first-round draft pick more than likely that you would want to invest in. And so you've got to figure out, is he that guy? Like, based off of this one isolated incident, as tragic as it is and as reckless as it is and as inexcusable as it is, because I really don't want to hear about how fast you drove when you were young and all of that. Like if you, if somebody ended up dead behind it's it, different. you know, like that, that is different. That is a t- entirely different conversation. But what I would want to know if I'm the Texans or any other team that would be interested in drafting Jalen Carter is how much of a pattern does he show in making bad judgment? Can I trust him to not blow this opportunity for both himself and for this football team? I see team? the text line coming in. I'll, we'll, we'll pick this up and we want to get to some quarterback talk as well. We'll pick this up. Would Jalen Carter be off your draft board? Would Jalen Carter be off your draft board right now? He is he is the top prospect by many. The Texans have the number two pick. Would he be off your draft? For board? me, it's not yet. That's my answer. Not okay. yet. We'll get to that. All right, we'll get to that coming up next. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, I love it here as uh, the trailer will in frame text line is coming through. I love uh I love having conversations, man. Listen, like, you ain't got to call. Like, I, I, you know, I'll go back and forth with anybody. You know, you start calling me names, and then some of y'all start getting into the racial stuff, and I'm going to check out on you. Yeah, it's uh, all, that's but, always but, in play, uh, though. It's but, always in play. But, but you, you, people coming back, and let's get it. And I threw it out there. The Jalen Carter situation. All right? Jalen Carter was uh, apparently uh, allegedly racing with, uh, with the car that ended up crashing which resulted in two people's death uh, following uh, in January with the Georgia football program, one of his teammates, and then someone on the recruiting staff. Uh, now it has come out today that he was he was racing him, driving in a fast manner, and uh, and he was in some way, in that way of what we know involved. Not that we know that he drove him off the road or anything like that. What we know is right. he was involved, and it said, the reports are they were racing and doing reckless things. I'm throwing it out. Would he be off your draft board? For me, as of the uh, as the information we have right now, I said he would not. He would be somebody that I want to dig into deeper and I want to talk about more and and and, and get more about him. But he would not be off my draft board because this feels like a kid who made an awful, awful, awful dumb, bad mistake, and very fortunate, to be honest, that more people's lives weren't in danger 
with with what they were doing and what the reports say. His own life on, His top, own on top of that. I said more people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, and but for me, I like to me it's, it it I don't judge it as this is a bad person that you just got to worry about all the time. Of, of the details that we know right now, it feels like somebody who made a horrible decision that a lot of 21-year-olds have made. And I look here on the text line and people are coming through and and somebody text in this one to me and 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 I'll uh, and I'll address it. Um the uh here yeah, show not everyone learns from their mistakes. Stop making excuses for the guy. And listen, this is this is what I'm going to say to you. I'll be on I'll be completely honest with you. Some people's backgrounds are going to make them feel a certain way. Right? Yeah. And I'm going to flat out tell you, there may be somebody right here who is listening that has lost someone in a fatality in a car accident, car accident, something like that, that this touches you. Hey, I understand. Yeah. I understand. For me, domestic violence is a big one. A big one. My aunt, her husband murdered her, killed her in domestic violence. It's it is it is why for me that is a difficult one for me to get past that is different to others. Yeah. I get it. Also, I'm going to tell you for me my background if you have just tuned in a lot. I worked 10 years with at-risk youth. I worked with a lot of kids who were bad kids. I worked with a lot of kids who weren't bad kids that made really bad decisions. So for me, I am not I it is just not in my feel in, in me to just I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw them away or not everyone can make it can 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 be changed it can change I did I I know I can be wrong on that situation I have run into it a many a times not being able to change people or or people as much as you work with them do that but for me in, in me from what my work has been and what I have done like I am a chance giver I'm a person like let's work this let's 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 work this let me talk to this kid I have seen many kids that are great kids that made a horrible decision yeah and some had to pay for it for a long time and so that's that's just me and that's why I'm just giving you a background why I I'm probably coming from it in this fashion where some may be thinking yeah yeah no but I I also think though like it, it it has to be, and I was saying this in the in the earlier segment. It's like it's not just okay. He made a bad decision, and so we move on, or we ask the questions, make sure that he's a good guy. Because this is the thing about people: like people are dynamic. They're not just one thing. They're not just bad. They're not just good. They're not just one thing. Like we got a a lot of different layers to us. So what I need to know is not making a character assessment or a character judgment on him as a person. Is he a good or bad person based off of this thing? But like the but what we can acknowledge about it, it being a bad decision, it being a bad move to be out here racing at 100 plus speeds and weaving in and out of lanes and being in the wrong lane, going the wrong way and all of that. Like, I need to know what is the pattern and how often does he make bad decisions like that? Like, is he one of those people that just flouts the idea of good versus bad? Like, what is a good idea and what is a bad idea? Can we trust this person's judgment? I think that's a relevant part of it. Like, you can you can be a person with bad judgment without being a bad person. And so I think that is the question that the Texans and again, anybody else that's looking at drafting Jalen Carter, that's the question that they got to get down to. And then at that point also, like, do you start playing the market against itself? If you start sensing that, 
people are out on Jalen Carter, but maybe you feel a little bit better about him than others. Do you make a different move at two, even though you know that Jalen Carter is the best player in the draft and that's somebody that would be worth and drafting at one, worth drafting at two? But now they're and talking a huge about him. Need for you? Oh yeah, yeah and, and a huge need for you. But now they're talking about him like he's something different, and he falls down into the ten, twelve range. And if he's still there at nine or ten, do you start looking at moving up from? T- like, is he worth that now? Based off of your character assessment or risk versus reward assessment on what kind of decision maker he is, like it's a lot of different layers to it, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, he did this one thing, and we don't want him." Like. You got to ask the next question and figure out if you like the answer. Yeah, I want to. I want to throw something out to you, Brandon, because I think you're you're equipped to 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 discuss this again. Would you take him off your draft board? Uh, I wouldn't. I would need to see more examples of like this is this is yeah problematic from him uh, because as you said, there are, there are other things like man, there, like there's another there, there are other sides to this kid. As we looked up, one of the big things coming on, people talked about his. You know his his issues before there. If you look him up, like there's been some positive things as well. Yeah, for that sure. He's done that, and that, that doesn't mean nothing. Like I mean, there are some bad people who who who, who do positive things, but it's not like this kid is just well, he's yeah. just he just like this is this is an outlier in what he does. But this has been sent in a lot, uh, Brandon. We just dealt with the Deshaun situation. We just done. We just gone through the Deshaun drama. This isn't the same, but the factors are close. Yeah, I f- I feel like there is like this lingering effect of hey, you feel like you got duped by somebody. Like Deshaun is the example of somebody who passed all of the character assessment tests, or at least it seemed like it. Like everything that you thought of Deshaun from a character standpoint, it was why it was such a shock to hear about what those allegations were. So if you feel like you did your due diligence on somebody's background and what you thought they stood for, like Deshaun is another another example of one of those people that has done good things and then has been accused of doing bad things. Like the headline his rookie year was paying his first check to the cafeteria ladies, Mm -hmm. and that was the Hurricane Harvey year and all of that. Like nobody is one specific thing, but I think for a lot of fans, and and I wonder how much this would trickle into the organization itself having just dealt with it. Like, not just fans, but Nick Casario himself as having to be the one to trade away Deshaun Watson. How willing is he to invest this much? And by this much, I mean the number two overall pick or whatever pick it would be that they would trade to ensure that they would get Jalen Carter in this scenario. Like, how willing are you to trade and to use assets on somebody that you might have questions like that before when the biggest thing that you've had to do so far on this team was get rid of somebody who those types of issues came up. And I know that the, the types of issues are not the same, but the fact that the issues came up and that they, that you couldn't predict them. Here's a situation where maybe you say, I can't, I can't predict this ahead of time. I know at least one public thing now that he's done that most of us would find objectionable. And then is there a pattern? Like, again, what's the answer to that next question? Is there a pattern? What does that pattern tell me? Like, you know, one example to me that's a good example that I look back on and think, man, that was a talented dude, but I feel like there was enough of a pattern there to tell you maybe you shouldn't draft him number one overall. Jameis Winston. Yep. Like, Jameis Winston had a long list of— There was of, a pattern, right? Though? Yeah, yeah but, but you know what? But it was a lot of little things until, the, until you got to the issue with the Uber driver. But, like, before that, it was a lot of little things that were just like, man, you know what? There seems to be a pattern here that just seems like this guy— 
might not know the difference between a good idea and a bad one. Especially at that position. And then at that position, at that position and then being drafted at that space. Okay, we're talking about a different position here. Well, we're talking about basically the same thing, whether you're the Bears or if you're the Texans talking about drafting somebody at number one or number two. So, like, do you feel like investing that with those type of question marks? How comfortable are you with it, especially with whatever your other options are in front of you? Now, I will say, if the Texans say, hey, man, we like him, but we really like Will Anderson, too. And we need help there. And this is – and this is – this – this difference is why we would go here. I'm not going to – I mean, I wouldn't be mad. And I'll tell you what, if they just said everything you just you just spoke about with the Deshaun situation, we're starting over, we're, you know what, we're going to take this of Will Anderson, this feel, this, this thing where we're not sitting here wondering, okay, man, is this real? Because Will Anderson, you've you got a pretty good good feeling of, of, of what you're dealing with in terms of None of this stuff coming out of the closet right now. If that is what the Texans said, I get it. All right, I, I take it. But um, to me, it is their second biggest need. Yeah, <laughs> behind quarterback to me. Yeah, and and I and, and he is a special special player potentially, and he looks like he could be a dominant player in the inside. And we are seeing how valuable that position is. And I'm not saying like that matters to you. I mean, if if this crosses a threshold for you, that's one thing. But just 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 saying like that is that is what the decision would have to be, um, because this is a player. If you don't get if the quarterback that you want is not there, this is a player that I think could completely change your defense in a major way and, and, and be one of your big and probably feel the need of your biggest issue on defense. And to be honest with you, not that they're going to feel like they'll need to explain anything to me, but if they were to draft, let's say they were to draft Jalen Carter at number two overall, I've already been on the record of saying that I, I'm not interested in either one of the the defensive players at that spot because I think the urgency for a quarterback is that high and that the math is in the Texans' favor, that there are two quarterbacks available that are worth – taken at that spot so for me I would much more be interested in the explanation as to why they didn't not that they would give it to me but I would much more be interested in why they evaluated the quarterbacks that they did and did not believe in CJ Stroud or whoever the next guy is at number two uh, instead of questioning them for investing in in in, uh, in Jalen Carter despite this incident that just came up all right a question that many people want to know good conversation a question uh, that people want to know uh, a lot about Something with this team. D'Amico Ryan's answered it, but did he address it? We'll let you hear that coming up next. Kane and Pendergast. I want Bryce Young, but if C.J. Stroud were the quarterback, I am going into May and June and training camp with the appropriate amount of sizzle. I'm fine with it as long as the Texans will approach this like so many other teams have as of late. You can't be emotionally tied to him. Wake up with Sean and Seth, 6 to 10 every morning on Sports Radio 610. Clint Sterner here for Low T Center. Guys, there are a lot of people out there talking about testosterone, but I want you to do your homework, man. I want you to make sure that you choose a provider that you can trust. The provider that I trust, the provider that I recommend is Low T Center. It's where I get my levels checked. I've been a client for five plus years now. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness. They check all your levels, not just your testosterone, and they determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and whether you're a candidate for low T or something else like low thyroid or even sleep apnea. Typically, their annual health assessment is completely covered 
covered by health insurance. And I'm telling you folks, they check everything, including PSA, which is your prostate levels. And they check thyroid, liver, and kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and much more. Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatment that ships directly to you each month. So no need to come to the center each week. Make your health a priority this new year and schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center today. It's covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.